Shit's about to get messy. Real messy. Oh, you want my number? Oh, no, sorry. I don't give it up to strangers. <laughs> yeah, but you can listen to my podcast, though. What is up, mess makers near and far, far and near, and those who are new to the show? I am really happy to be back recording another episode of the podcast where we talk about the messiest parts of life with me, your host, Carissa Harrison. Listening back to my episodes, I realized I keep saying in my intro, welcome to the host, me, my mess podcast, and that doesn't make any sense, so... Just so you know that I am learning and I am improving every episode. Watch me. I've just said it there. Um, One random thought before starting off the episode that just came to my mind is that if you ever played soccer as a kid, there was always a halftime snack. At least that was tradition here in Canada. And the snack was always fucking the worst fruit that God created. Oranges. And I just wanted to talk about it for a second. They get stuck in your teeth. They don't taste good. The rinds taste like poison. I remember always being so mad. Oh, God. Do you guys hear that? My brother slamming the door. He doesn't like my podcast, so he's probably mad I'm recording. He always says, oh, I would would listen to your podcast if you had topics that interested me more. All right. All right, buddy. Um, And then my other brother always says, why the fuck would anyone care what you have to say? And I say, you're right. I don't know either. But anyways, back to the oranges. You'd always hope it was a Rice Krispie square, a brownie, a Twinkie, broccoli for that matter. But oranges, oranges... I were more traumatizing to me clearly than living with a neglectful alcoholic father because that's what I'm talking about today not that anyways moving on there's another story I need to tell and it has to do with a story. It's like a continuum of a story. It's like a sequel to a story I've told on the podcast before. If you have listened to, I think it's either my second or my third episode, I tell a story about a guy I started dating at the beginning of the pandemic where we hooked up. It was the worst sex of my life. Um, He called me daddy in bed. And then I told him I was not interested immediately after like the savage I fucking am. I basically was just like, I don't want to be here anymore. Take me home. We go upstairs and his dad was sitting outside. He said, okay, well, you can either wait here with me holding me hostage or you can hop my fence. If you want to hear a more elaborate, entertaining version of that story, go back and listen to episode two or three. When I was just a wee podcaster. I had someone listen to my first, oh my gosh, I go on such bad tangents, but I had this guy I'm talking to listen to my first episode the other day. And he was like, you say these words too much. 
I was like, I know. It's been 20 episodes. I've fucking improved. Anyways, I just had an epiphany. This is probably not someone I should be talking to if they're going to tell me that. Anyways, moving on. Back to my story. My mom was at the dog park the other day. And yes, I'm still talking about Fence Boy. And she sees this guy that she finds to be quite attractive. Shirtless, douchey. Who knows where I got my type from. Um, But she's quite interested. She starts walking behind this guy and her dogs start playing together. And my dog borrows, rents, buys, takes, steals, I don't know, his ball, the dog's ball, and loses it. And therefore, the father proceeded to lose it. And he started getting really sassy with my mom, really rude, really aggressive. And if you guys haven't put two and two together yet, the dad is the dad of the guy I used to fuck who waited outside in the car for three hours, the psychopath. And my mom starts apologizing for the dog losing the ball. And the guy starts getting really fucking pissed. And so my dog, feeling the negative energy of Bill, the builder, goes over and pees all over this man's leg. Completely golden showered, golden showered. And then obviously he proceeds to get more mad. My mom starts... That's really the funniest part of the story I'm talking. Like, that's not the climax, but that was the, that was the peak. Um, but my mom, like, continues to apologize, basically. And they get to talking and, I don't know, whatever. Hitting it off a bit, I guess. Not really. They didn't hit it off, actually. I don't know why I said that. And the guy straight up. Lee. Okay, so first they start talking and, and they get to talking and they realize that I used to date this man's son. They like have talked about it now. They know that this is what's happening. And then by the end of the conversation, when we have established that there is connections, like I'm still friends with this dude, even though we don't fuck, we're still friends. He's still a cool guy. Um, The guy picks up my dog's ball, puts it in his pocket just walks away just walks away saunters off see ya see ya sarah and (laughs) i wanted to tell that story because i always say that canadian men aren't ass or i always say that canadian men are assholes and this story just like proves it and it's really funny my mom was like, oh, you oh, you got to text him. You got to text him and let him know what happened. This is such a funny story. I'm like, mom, I absolutely do not need to text him and tell him my dog is pissing on his father's leg. I don't think she's like, oh, it's so funny. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if he'll find it that funny. Like, yeah, we find it funny because they're dicks. But like, I don't know <laughs> if she'll find it that funny. Um, And I say she because he was a little bitch. Anyways, there, now we're going to get into things. That was a little laugh, a little comedic relief to start off the episode, but we have some serious things to discuss today. Of course, you'll have your sprinkles of humor, but um, 
there's been a lot of changes in my life recently. I've been going through trauma. I've been going through changes. I've been facing burnout, creative blocks. Oh my gosh. Sorry, the computer. I've been facing a creative block. I've been adjusting to life post-pandemic. But let's just go through this in order. I actually first, before I preface, I've been getting DMs. I hate that I just said that, but it already came out of my mouth and I, God knows I'm not fucking editing this. Um, about the thing, like some people caught that I said that I've been going through a lot, something like a lot of girls go through. And I said I was going to do an episode about it soon. That's still coming. I'm still going to do it. But again, I just still need some time to work through the emotions by myself. Um it's been something like super traumatic, something super hard. And I will, of course, share what I've learned from my experiences once I've learned something. But to be quite honest, I'm in a point of time right now where I haven't learned anything and I have no positive. Um, there's no positives that have come out of the situation that I'm going through right now for me. Only negatives. It's only brought me misery and sadness and shame and feeling judged so I am going to save this conversation for a day where I have some insight and some things that will actually help people not hurt people so but on a later note I am just getting back from vacation I didn't go to Israel I didn't go to Turks and Caicos I went on a god (coughs) oh my gosh I don't know what's in my throat but that fucking hurts Jesus Christ um vacation right so I just got back from Whistler two hours away from my house I went with my old roommate who I haven't had on the show yet but I will soon she's going through a breakup so that'll be something maybe fun to talk about with her um but we went on vacation a little girl's trip it's just the two of us and it was really fun it was really nice to get outside get social it was crazy to see like Oh, it was so nice to just be like around like liveliness again, I guess is the best way I can put it. Um, like human interaction and um, good vibes, spirits, music, all that. We knew a lot of people up there. We ran into tons of friends we knew. We had drinks. We I have a sunburn, if you can tell, a mild sunburn. And yeah, I just had an all around good fucking time. I slept good, ate good, drank. It was a good time. <laughs> Uh, and for all of you that are feeling like you might have gained a few after the pandemic, because I know I have not just a few, a 15 and, or maybe feeling a little bit self-conscious, a little worried to date post pandemic, a little nervous. I just want to tell you, you will get laid if you want to get laid. People are so goddamn horny right now. It's out of your mind. Like people are, I mean, I didn't get laid this weekend still, but people are just ready to fuck. People are ready to pounce. Like 
seriously don't worry about it just like dress like a whore or don't dress like a nun and just flirt a little and open your legs and you'll be good to go I also another change have started a new job which fuck I really don't want to talk about right now but the episode I planned has to kind of do with this so I started a new job it's been good overall the work environment's good everyone's really really kind um that's like the probably the best yeah everyone's kind (laughs) I was about to say that's the best thing I have to say about it it is the best thing I have to say about it but the way it sounded sounded like I don't enjoy the actual job itself, which is not the case. Um, but yes, I started a new job. I'm working nine to five. It's not that interesting. I am. I'm a marketing assistant for an interior design company. It's a good job. I'm thankful. It's a good job for being fresh out of college. Um, but I'm too fucking horny for a full time job. Yeah, that's my main problem. I'm used to getting off two, three times a day. And I really, I know I'm not supposed to take this off the stand, but I really just want to get intimate and get comfy while I chat because it's been a long one. Put my feet up. Talk to the mess makers. Um, I am too horny to work full time. As I was saying, I just channeled a man named James. But I'm used to getting off two, three times a day. And now I only get to get off like twice a week. By that time I get home, I smoke a bowl because that's the only way that I can fucking calm down a little. And then I eat and then I do podcast shit and I work out in the morning and then it's like bedtime. That's my life right now, to be quite honest. And adjusting to life post-pandemic has been really, really difficult for me. And this is kind of what I'm here to talk about today. It's kind of an endless list of reasons why I haven't been adjusting well. So I can only imagine there are other people who aren't adjusting to life post-pandemic very well. Post-pandy. Everyone keeps kind of saying, like, it's okay if it's not easy. It's okay if you're, like, struggling to adjust post-pandemic. But it kind of seems, like, to me that everyone else is adjusting just fine. And that I'm the only one that's struggling to go from seeing no one for a year for a year to meeting tons of new people and having more social commitments than I did before the pandemic. I have more friends where I'm living now, which of course I'm thankful for, but obviously that means more social commitments. And um it's just been tough adjusting to human connection, to be honest. It's the environments around us are much more stimulating than what we've acclimatized ourselves to this past year. It's a lot to go into a place where there's hundreds of people and music and it being loud and drinking and people hitting on you and you not being able to take a breath or chill 
or just like feel like yourself because there's so many people around and you're in an environment that's so almost foreign I know it's weird to say but it really is like you're learning how to interact all over again in a way because we like really like cut off our interaction for a year and a half you know it's different it's different and it has not been easy for me at all I'll be honest, I've been having mental breakdowns every single day before and after work. I've been crying in the bathroom at work. I have been having a really hard time adjusting to going back to work nine to five. And I know this sounds really pretentious and I understand my privilege I do I understand that I'm a white girl who's educated who has the ability to work a job with a decent salary for my age and getting life experience I do and I am thankful I am and I do love it and I'm so happy for the like the position but going through everything I've been going through in my personal life and then also adjusting to meeting new people being told how to have your day every single day like and being told what to do being criticized more than you're used to having to cut out the practices you've gotten used to for taking care of yourself it's not cutting them out but it's I don't have the same time I used to to do all of the things that fulfilled me the most and it's tough and but that's life oh I was gonna talk about facing a creative block god damn it (laughs) okay well I'll finish out what I'm talking about and I'll tell you guys about my creative block but um yeah I think that it's really really easy to be very self-critical during all this it's very easy to oh what am I god this fucking Siri it's very easy to no no not no Siri did you hear she goes I said this fucking Siri and she goes "Uh uh-huh exit (sighs) ridiculous I hope you guys could hear that that was funny uh but yeah what was I saying oh, it's okay if you're not handling this well. And it's really easy to be self-critical for not handling this with ease because it seems like everyone else around you is. And like, this is what we've been waiting for, you know? We've been waiting all year for this to, these days to finally come. Um, so it feels like you should feel so excited and you should just hop back into life as it was normal but the truth of the situation is we went through something most human beings don't go through in their lifetime and life isn't what it once was and I hope that you don't forget everything you taught yourself and you learned over the past year because if you are just adjusting to things normal and completely fine and going back to working yourself to the ground and going back to spending time with people you don't really care about or don't really fulfill you or spending your time doing things you don't love which obviously I've been guilty of clearly um I don't know where I was going with that but if oh I do I remember 
if you are adjusting completely fine, I w- I don't know. I'm just probably just saying this for my own peace of mind, but I would be worried that you didn't change that much over the past year and a half, that you didn't grow very much. Um, I'm not saying that you shouldn't want to party because I fucking want to party and have a good fucking time. But I mean, just look at your behaviors and make sure you're not sacrificing the things you taught yourself because I'm sure that if you went back, you would do it all over again and learn those things that you would have learned. I don't know. That's how I feel at least. But you need to expect that every day is going to be different. Some days you'll be ready to take on the world. You'll be ready to rage. You'll be ready to fuck. You'll be ready to go with your friends. You'll be ready to drink like a sailor. And other days you're going to feel like life is thoroughly impossible. Like there's no way you could possibly go to work that day or go out with your friends and feel okay because you literally feel like you're dying I don't know maybe my anxiety is just bad maybe no one else is experiencing this but I hope that someone out there is at least thinking like yeah oh my gosh I'm so glad someone said this because I would love to hear this because that's how I feel um obviously you stupid bitch anyways but many of you won't have the capacity to be social right away. At least I hope. Again, trying to make myself feel better. Um, and it's not a bad thing necessarily. You should value your time. You should value. All right. So your time is an asset, right? We're getting into business terms, but your time is an asset. And if you're spending all your time with people you don't enjoy or doing things that aren't pushing you forward, you're only spending out of your own personal bank. This doesn't this could be in work, this could be in personal life. So, if it's in business, if you're spending time on work that doesn't isn't going to push you or propel you into something that you actually want to do, you are spending money. And because really at the end of the day, while you're spending time doing things for other people, you're not spending it advancing your own business or your own career. Um, I guess this kind of only works in business terms. I guess not. But you're investing the time, your hard like earn time I guess not earned but like we all inherently deserve to like use our time as we feel but um oh my brother's about to come tell me dinner is ready um but yes and then the same when it comes to spending time with people you don't enjoy you're spending energy out of your own personal energy bank and your own mental bank on people that don't benefit you, that bring you backwards. Every time you take two steps forward, you take one step back when you're spending time with people and doing things that don't matter. So I know I've preached these exact same things before, but I'm really, really, I get really bad FOMO and I'm really all about living life to the fullest. That's why some of these 
negative experiences are things I can be thankful for because at least I can say I've experienced fucking all of life. Um, I want to tell you guys a little story about valuing your time in the workplace. So, like I mentioned, I just got this new job fresh out of college, right? I have a degree in sociology and a minor in business. These are not necessarily great. Like, the business part's good. But the, like, sociology, it's very interesting to me, but it's not necessarily a difficult degree compared to something like engineering or something like that, obviously. So I have had been applying for jobs for a while. It was stressing me the fuck out. And I finally, someone actually contacted me and they said, we've like looked into your experience and we think that you would be a good fit for our company. And so I interviewed with them and which is the company I'm working for now. And it got down to the point where it was between me and one other girl and I had already been told that this girl has more experience in the field than I do. So this obviously concerned me a little bit. Uh, But there was just something in my gut that just like told me that. Okay, before I get into this. So I get an email on the Friday and I knew they were going to have to hire someone on the Friday because they needed someone to start on the Monday. So I knew it was between me and this girl and it was like 5.55 p.m. And I was like, there's no way that this, the I got hired. Like the other girl obviously got it. I accepted it. I was like, oh, that's okay. I get an email and it's my boss. And he says, would you be willing to accept a lower starting salary than what we originally discussed? Because there is someone else with uh, like better experience. And I basically sent him an email back and I said, I really appreciate you coming to me with this. I initially asked for a salary that was higher than this one. I compromised at where we're at now. I feel that I have the experience to complete your position with professionalism and with to like the standards you're looking for. I'm eager. I'm driven. I work really hard. And this is the salary I had at my last job. And I'm just not really willing to take a pay cut. Sent off this email. I think to myself, that's probably it. Send it off because I wasn't really like wanting a lower salary. Obviously, I wasn't wanting a lower salary, but like I wasn't really. I would have just like looked for another job with that salary. But anyways, I like genuinely felt like I deserved. I hope that I didn't just fuck up my audio there. I genuinely felt like I deserved the job. I deserved the salary. So I asked for what I deserved. Simple as that. That's how I felt. And at the end of the day, I get a phone call back and he says, that you have a job we'd love to have you on our team and we've talked talked with the rest of the staff and they all said regardless of you having less experience this is who we want on the team which was obviously very heartwarming and very kind 
And so this is kind of just, this is the first time, I guess, in business that I've ever really stood up for myself and not been like, I guess, just like a suck and doing whatever everyone else wants me to do. Because I do feel like I'm at a position now where I know my worth as a business person. I know that I'm educated. I know that I work hard. I know that I'm good with people. So I'm not going to settle for something that I don't deserve. It's the same as in relationships and the same within friendships. You shouldn't settle for anything. And that's in your career as well. You should always work for what you want. And you, I say it all the time. You can still work your day job well or the job that you don't love to do the thing you do love. So yeah. Um, and okay. Another thing I want to quickly say, I was going to come back to, I said I was going to come back to it. So I am that's the worst when you hear someone say oh I want to talk about this and then never talk about it or they talk about it for like two seconds but I've also been facing first oh my fucking Siri girl I don't want to talk to you right now I didn't invite you on the show so don't intrude but I want to talk about facing creative block so the reason why another reason why I pushed this episode off for so long and like why it's kind of late is because I've honestly been feeling very blocked creatively I have had a hard time finding like I have a whole list of topics that I think would be good topics for the show but I was just having a really hard time communicating my thoughts communicating what I was thinking and like honestly being like funny and charismatic and fun on the show because that's not really how I'm feeling in life right now I'm feeling I'm going through a stage where I don't feel good I don't feel like myself so but I wanted to okay so with facing a creative block I knew I just needed to get this episode out because consistency is always better than not getting it out so I planned like three potential episodes and I ended up using none of them because just none of them like felt right to me and so I thought I would like literally just genuinely come on here and talk about what's really been like stressing me out and going on because I don't really know if I have the energy to fake it. <laughs> Not that I ever do, but like I just mean to put on a brave face and to be funny and be charismatic as much as like that is who I am. It's not what I'm feeling right now. So with facing that creative block, I just had to sit down and start creating the uh, sitting there and thinking about all of the reasons why you can't come up with anything good is going to be hard. Just sit down and start creating for you. Start doing the thing that you love for you again, not to produce an end goal, not to produce a show, a piece, a video a book whatever but just write for you just dance for you just like fall back a little bit in love with what's been blocking you I guess um and 
with that, I know that you'll find your rhythm again because I think that that's what blocks you is you not doing your, your, I guess your, what's the word I'm looking for? Your medium because you're doing it because you need to or you feel pressured to, not because it's truly what you want. So this week I just wanted to come on and just like talk about what's been really going on because it's not necessarily funny or pretty or sexy. It's just real. And yeah, sit down or just like don't sit down, just do start creating in whatever medium that is. It could be in another medium for me. Like sometimes when I feel a block in podcasting, I dance. Um, even I sing. That's why my voice is so raspy right now is because I've just been on a road trip singing so much. I was telling my friend the other day that I used to be terrified to sing in the car because I thought it was, I was just like too self-conscious. I was like, I could never ever sing in the car. Side note, but now I sing in the car. Um, I built it in the fucking car. Andante, andante, just let the feeling grow. Lily James. Okay, tips for coping with burnout and adjusting to life post-pandemic. So I think the biggest thing here and the point I'm really trying to get across is that you need to expect that every day i already fucking said this no you need to have some self compassion um that's really the biggest point this is something i really really struggle with being a perfectionist i always nothing i ever do is good enough for myself because it's never perfect because i'm a human and i'm never going to be perfect but because of that i lack compassion for myself and i'm often really mean to myself when i don't get to the places i think i should be because i am cocky enough to think that i'm some sort of anomaly as a human that i could do more than everyone else and that's not fucking true because at the end of the day i'm literally just a beating heart lungs and a brain that's probably pretty damaged i probably have the brain of a 60 year old at this point (laughs) um but have some self-compassion because that's the only way you're gonna get through this telling yourself every day that you're a piece of shit for not being able to do every single thing that you set out to do that day is only gonna make you spiral more it's only gonna make you have more breakdowns it's only gonna make you cry more stress out more yeah you would hope that if your friend was in the same situation you're in that they would have more self-compassion than they often do so why wouldn't you hope that for yourself because everyone else around you wants you to be compassionate for yourself in addition to having their compassion as well another thing i found to be really really helpful is having a routine classic but it sucks because my routine was really set in stone and i loved my routine during the pandemic loved it my days were sick but 
I've had to adjust to a new routine, 5 a.m. wake-ups and 9 p.m. bedtimes, and not a whole lot of fun in between sometimes, but having a routine has been really helpful. I notice the days that I don't get up to work out or to work on the podcast, I actually end up more anxious because I didn't have the time to do something that I think is important to me or that I love. And I just went straight into working for the day. And also, most importantly, a set morning routine and a set night routine. I've been definitely trying to limit my screen time at night. I am like the, my favorite thing I've ever to do is to watch TV as I fall asleep. But I think that it is maybe too stimulating when your brain needs to rest also cut out coffee in the morning that's just a given I've completely cut out coffee to be honest I'm just it just makes my heart race but yeah I would try maybe instead like bedtime stories or sleep meditations or sounds or music even but like just like try and shut let your eyes rest for a little while even though it's not as fun um yeah routine 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 so important it's so important to feel like you have a handle on your life and to feel like you're in control of your life um having an allotted time to relax so for me that's 6 to 9 p.m right now it's 6 30 p.m so i'm not really taking care of myself but i have to take care of the mess makers first and i had to record this episode so having an allotted time to relax so important because if you don't schedule that time it's so easy to lose track of it and to never have it and then you lose it and then you lose everything that you've been trying so hard to work for but you haven't been keeping yourself above water in the process so learning to say no is huge um yeah yes it's huge i know you didn't get that because you're stupid um but yeah tell your friends no what am I talking about I you can tell I've lost it but yeah learning to say no to social plans to I would say try and push yourself as much as you can to do the things that you're scared to do push yourself to go out push yourself to like when you're just feeling anxious push yourself if you know that you're going into a good situation so if you're going push yourself to go hang out with the friends that you know are good for you push yourself to go for that run that maybe feels dreadful because you're really fucking anxious or that walk just like push yourself to do those things because those are the things that will end up helping you but learn to say no to the things that aren't for you that aren't assisting you so spending time with people you don't enjoy recently I wasn't planning to tell this story but recently my I had a really big falling out with one of my roommates. Basically, she stole money from me. She stole money from all of our roommates. But then my other roommate, she has since rekindled the friendship with roommate number one. We'll call him Blonde and Brunette. And so Blonde was the one that I had the falling out with. But Brunette has recently revamped her friendship with Blonde. And she's asked me, she said, I really want to go on vacation, but I really want to invite Blonde just because I think it would be fun to go on a girl's trip. And I said to her and she said, I really wish that you would get back into 
where you once were with the other friend and I said to her like I just don't personally I have so many good people around me right now that's the one thing I will say I have really am so thankful for and that's going really well for me right now is that I have really good people around me I have really good friends I have a really amazing family and I just said to her I said I personally just don't want to invite someone back in my life that I'm not missing that I'm not having a hard time without if anything my life's improved since they left my life and I still just don't trust that person and kind of when someone's out of my life I don't trust them for good but so even though it would be fun to have like my group of girlfriends my roommates all able to hang out again it's just not the responsible decision for me trying to choose people that I can trust and people that are going to support me and I don't know I just can't forgive that to be honest for now so if she's listening I'm sorry we can have a conversation you can give me an apology and we can be on okay terms and be fine around each other but it will never be one it once was so tell your friends and your family when you're in a situation that you aren't doing well I'm notorious for not doing this as we all know if I'm out in public and I'm having a panic attack, I just go silent. I don't cry really. Or I'll puke. I puke usually. I puke and go silent. But I just like completely shut down. And this week when I was on vacation, Brunette actually, who was who is I was on vacation with, she could tell, like she knows how bad my anxiety is and she knows what I've been struggling with and everything. And she could tell I was off. We were out for dinner. I had one, I got one roll and I ate one piece of one roll. And earlier that day, one taco. So this is the kind of anxiety level we were on. And so she could tell, obviously tell I wasn't doing well. And she was like, bro, I can tell you're anxious. So why don't we just talk about it instead of you just pretending that you're fine? And that was honestly the most relieving thing my friend could have said to me in that moment because I was so worried about ruining someone else's trip because of my anxiety that it was making me so much more anxious and her just letting me know like it's all good that you're feeling this way I'm here I'll be here while you're feeling this way and I'll be here after you don't need to stress about that immediately I was fine I was fine because I knew that she was, if I started to freak out, if I started to have a panic attack, she would come home with me in instantly, you know, and that's just like kind of the reassurance and the comfort you need. So if you have good friends and family around, you tell them when you're feeling this way because they're just going to be there to lift you up, I hope, if they're good friends. If you need therapy for all of this, that's okay too. Again, we went through a global pandemic. Those aren't small words. If you are having a hard time adjusting socially after a year of no socializing, that's probably pretty normal. I'm going to go to therapy. I'm starting therapy on the on Monday. I'm starting therapy on Monday. And yeah, it's completely, completely warranted to want to go to therapy and I hope you do we all should be in therapy and I think that talking this through and 
just having someone that you consistently can let your thoughts and feelings out to is really beneficial for everyone, especially in a case where things can feel quite overwhelming and you might feel quite alone in the position you're in right now. Um, yeah, that's kind of all I had to say on for tips. The other tips I had, I kind of ad- addressed throughout the episode. So... I have a couple questions here that I'm going to answer. What is your dream job? So someone asked me this who clearly didn't listen to my episode with Brianda. But I, as Brianda called me out for, for, she said, you, do you like process everything I say? Or do you just kind of, are you like so in host mode that you're like forgetting to have a real conversation? Because she said, she's like, she said that that was something she used to do a lot and that was probably one of the most insightful pieces of feedback I've gotten I said this on mind voyage when I went on that podcast but this is probably one of the most insightful pieces of advice I've gotten yet and she also asked me another question that day asked me what my dream job was and I made up some absolute bullshit answer that wasn't even really my dream job I didn't even mean it I said that I wanted to have a talk show Never thought about that in my entire fucking life. Never, ever. I just thought of the first thing that could possibly relate to podcasting that was more successful than podcasting, and I said it. So I want to answer this question truthfully and tell you what my dream job really is. So my dream job is to, if I could build my career exactly how I want it, And this is me being accountable because hopefully when I'm 30 years old or 25 years old, you'll see me with these things. But I want to, one, make enough money to survive, not survive, but to live comfortably off my podcast. That's number one. It's only episode 21. So we got time. Yeah. It's a it's the long game, people. Um, I'm here for good. You're not getting rid of me. And then two, well, obviously, okay. So first, I want that. I want to be very, very strong in my investment. Have a lot of stocks. Lots of. I want to have lots of properties that I have invested in, and I want to make a lot of money off. Um, renting out real estate because I love to travel and I would love to have homes all over. So. Investing in real estate is a big thing once I have the money to do so. And then third is to open my own dance studio. That's still something that I love. I love to dance. I know that dance isn't the career path for me anymore. I'm too old, which sounds crazy. I know I'm 22, but as a dancer, like your career as a dancer lasts until about 24, 20, 27, 30 at, late, at the latest not even once you're in your thirties, you start choreographing. So I'm just going to skip that. Those, that time where I, well, I did obviously work as a dancer for a while, but now I'm not working as a dancer anymore, but I want to open my own studio, get back into choreography and just create a space that people can come to the studio and learn and it not be intimidating and it being fun because I haven't been in the studio in years because I'm so intimidated by a lot of them because they can be intimidating. So I just want to create a comfortable environment for like a drop-in studio for adults to come dance, have fun. Beginner classes will really be beginner classes. And 
yeah, have like some dope teachers, build a good community and be able to really just have a career fully based off of dancing, podcasting and business and investing in entrepreneurship. That's my goal that I will achieve. I will get there. Look at me manifesting. <laughs> Who am I? You. Um, but yeah, I do think that I gotta, you gotta talk your, you gotta tell yourself that you can reach your goals because if you're not gonna tell yourself that you're gonna reach them, no one is. No one else is telling me that I can do those things because I don't tell anyone about what I want to do. But anyways, um, how do I overcome my commitment issues? Love the podcast. Thank you so much. So I wish I had an answer to this because I have no fucking clue. I have the worst commitment issues out of anyone I know. I've been single for two years now, which isn't like crazy long, but purely because I've been too afraid to commit. Um, yeah, but I wish I had an answer for this. It just takes time and acknowledging you have them, I think, because it's going to take time for you to trust humanity again, for you to um, meet people that you think are worthy of trust. Because if you've encountered a lot of people that weren't worthy of your trust, how are you expected to trust people? Um, And acknowledging you have them is massive because... When you acknowledge you have them, that means that you're aware you have an issue to commitment. And that means eventually you might at least be willing to try to trust again. And the more you try to trust, the more you learn about yourself and the more eventually you will trust again and have a more positive outlook on relationships. So I would just say, be patient with yourself, take time, acknowledge that it's okay that you don't trust everyone around. Thank God. I really hope the rest of that episode saves because uh, it literally just exited off the Zoom call. I'm going to freak the fuck out if video stops working. Let me see. I just want to test this to make sure everything's so good because I really, this is the fucking third time I've recorded this episode. Yes, a healing tone. Yes. Okay. We're back into it. Um, yeah, but trust issues. I'm just, I'm literally just doing the outro now. I have one more question. (laughs) Not the question I thought it was going to be. What turns you on the most? The three boutons, nipple vest, nipple east, and the clitoris. Physically, those are the three things. Just fucking figure them out, men. Like, oh my God, and women. Just well, obviously the women know where they are, but men just figure them out. Figure out where they are. It's really not that hard. Yeah, but I'm someone that gets off. Pr- I'm one of those girls that probably could have an orgasm through like nipple play more than I could from penetration. So those three things. Um, I figured out what I want. I want a m- person who pursues me I always say I don't know if I want an alpha or a beta but I want someone who is caring and has that nurturing nature but 
has the confidence to pursue me because that's the one that's where I found out I've struggled with is because I pursue my career I pursue my friendships I pursue everything in my life I've always had to make life into something that it wasn't naturally for me so I would love if someone just like had the desire to fucking pursue me and do it for me because I'm lazy and I'm tired of trying to have having to make absolutely everything happen for me and things not just happening for me so I want a man that's just gonna pursue me subscribe to the podcast slide into my dms if you're gonna pursue me that's the probably the best way to do so at chris harrison at meet my mess podcast carissa harrison 99 if you want to send me an e-transfer tiktok chris h99 subscribe to the youtube subscribe to the podcast rate me five stars and go easy on yourselves you deserve it bye